Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find more great shows or join the team at sport social.co.uk. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hot Lap. I'm Lee Stevens. Right, we just had the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, well, we didn't just have it, it's now 12, 12.30 in the afternoon on Monday, United Kingdom time. And um, I, I, I wanted to leave it um, to recording today rather than doing it last night because you've posted loads of messages and talking points up so i thought i'd give people as much chance as i could do to leave comments before i recorded the podcast because i feel it's going to be a comment heavy podcast this weekend um lots of people got lots to say about it uh we will run through the orders and then pick up the various topics of which realistically there's there's two isn't there? there's two big stories coming out of italian grand prix um but first, and before we get into the race, I would like anybody that's interested in this podcast and wants to keep it going, I want you to go to the Google search thing. I want you to Google search Lee Stevens, Stevens with a V, not PH, content creator, and that will take you to my patron. If you go to the if you go to Lee Stevens content creator on Patreon, sign up to one of the tiers. You can give as little as much or as much as you like. It means you get ad free podcasts basically, uh, and you help me run the show because it's fucking. I'm I'm not a fucking audio charity, am I? I'm happy that you enjoy it, but I'd rather it didn't fucking cost me anything. Let's be fair. So yeah, if you, if you do want to help the podcast out, go and do that. If you don't want to give any money or you can't give any money, I completely understand it. I want you to carry on enjoying the podcast. But what you could do for the price of absolutely nothing is share this podcast. And more importantly than that, something I haven't been telling you to do lately, um, is I want you to go leave me a review on whatever platform, be it Google or Spotify or iTunes, Go and leave a review, especially iTunes. If you're using any sort of Apple device, it's so important for podcasts, uh, especially nowadays because there's so many podcasts around. It's so important for to, for those reviews to push you up the list and to get more people's ears on board. So that would be great if you could go and leave a review. I don't even mind if you say nasty things. Say the horriblest things. Just make sure you give five stars. That's all I care about. The words are just for you. Um, please go and do that. That would be great if you could. 
Anyway, let's do what we usually do and we'll run through the order of what happened in the race and then we will get to your talking points. Uh, terrible weekend for AlphaTauri. Might as well do it in the uh, in the one go here. Um, well, Pierre Gasly, I think, crashed in the uh, sprint race. Sprint race, I must say, I was a big fan of the sprint race again. There was a lot of grumbling and stuff on uh, social media. I think he's just being bitches, if I'm perfectly honest, the people that are moaning about it. I, I still cannot get my head around how you cannot enjoy 18 laps of Formula One cars going around a circuit, but you do enjoy 70 laps of Formula One cars going around a circuit. I feel that some people are just complaining for the fucking sake of it. Uh, if it wasn't for that sprint race, we wouldn't have had as interesting Grand Prix as we did did have. The whole idea of it is to just stick another intangible thing into it, which can create a bit of chaos, which did create a bit of chaos, and which fucking saved the race, if we're honest. Um... But yeah, Pierre Gasly, off weekend for him, uh, when because he had such a good qualifying as well, and then pff, threw it all away in the sprint race. Yuki Tsunoda did not start weekend to forget for Alpha Tauri, especially when you think they're an Italian team and it is their home. Um, this the next two DNFs, the next two DNFs were Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Now we're going to talk about more about this later, so I'm going to skip over it, but. It's all you guys are talking about in the talking points. So we, I'm sure we're going to have another big nasser about it in a bit. Um, I personally think this was a racing incident. Max Verstappen got a three-place um, grid penalty for the next race, which I think was wrong. Um, if anything, if anyone was to blame, and I'm still, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm essentially playing devil's advocate against myself here because I don't think any blame should have been apportioned. They are fighting for a world championship. They're going to fight each other harder than they fight anybody else on the circuit. Um, I think they both kind of put them put each other in a position where it was like if one of us doesn't yield, we're going to have an accident. And then when no, no, nobody yields, you're going to have an accident. It's it's what we've seen for years. We've seen this sort of stuff in loads of the great rivalries all over the uh, like all through Formula One history, we've had this type of thing. I just find it so strange sometimes where how certain people will romanticize um, like Prost and Senna or Schumacher and Hill or Schumacher and Hakkinen. Um, and these things happened with those people. But I, fi- I find it weird that now in this sort of, I, 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 want, I want to say sensitive world that we live in, um, people seem to get really butthurt over things now. And um, we're going to talk more about that a bit later as well. So, yeah, um, for me, it was a racing incident. I don't think there should have been a penalty. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, Red Bull are going to be on the back foot on a race that should not suit their car, if we're honest. Um, I think Lewis was... Uh, I think there's something wrong with Lewis's car as well because he just didn't seem to have the top-end speed that Bottas had. So, yeah, I uh, mistakes were made. Championship, as far as the the number one contenders, stays as it do as it is, and uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll just have to see going forward what happens between the two of them. I, I don't, I I don't think this is the last time they're going to come together. I don't think they're taking each other off on purpose. It's just hard racing, and sometimes hard racing goes wrong. Um, 
Oh, just quick, quick shout out to the Halo as well because that could be a really nasty crash. In fact, the other thing I meant to say, uh, I wanted to say was, is some fucking absolute spanners out there are pointing out the fact that uh, Verstappen's wheels were still turning when he's on top of Lewis's car. Um, like he had his fucking foot down thinking he was going to decapitate Lewis Hamilton. Uh, what are you doing, you absolute melts? I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like you can have a fierce rivalry, but nobody on that circuit wants to fucking hurt each other. You are goombas. I don't know. I, I, I don't have the words. I simply don't have the words to talk about these people. Um, yeah, it was stupid. The other one I wanted to point out was people saying that Max didn't check on Lewis Hamilton when he jumped out of the car. Lewis Hamilton was obviously fine. Obviously fine when Max got out of the car because he was trying to reverse his car out of the car out of the sandwich it was in. If Lewis like he knew Lewis was fine because as he was trying to climb out of his car, Lewis was moving his car around trying to get it out of the gravel trap. So there was no there was, if for one minute if if that car had it been stationary, the first thing Max would have done was just jump out and make sure Lewis was okay. But the the fact that he was trying to rejoin the race suggests he was all right. So that's that's my fucking wind your necks in. Um, next DNF was Nikita Mazepin. Does not matter to anybody. Uh, he was rubbish this weekend. Mick Schumacher was just as bad. Haas and drivers, fucking garbage. Uh, Robert Kubica was 14th. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi was 13th. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, 12th. And he had a fucking horror show of a race. He just seemed to be getting clouted by everyone, funneled off back down the grid. I do wonder whether he... Well, I think he came together with Charles Leclerc. Uh, or was it Charles Leclerc? Or was it an Alfa Romeo? Maybe it was Alfa Romeo. I thought it was a Ferrari for a second. Anyway, whatever it was, the uh, I think he might have picked up damage there because he just went scuttling backwards down the grid. Uh, Nicholas Latifi in 11th. Another solid weekend from Nicholas Latifi. Not putting in the sort of... you know He, he de facto out-qualified... Uh, George Russell for the first time uh, with the the where because of the sprint race, but uh, he's he's just had a decent weekend. You know, I think we can, I think we can effectively call Williams a mid grid team now and not a back end grid grid team. They are they are much more comparable to a um, Alfa Romeo. And like depending on the weekend, an Austin Martin or an Alpine, because they seem to yo-yo a little bit in the order. But I think to say Alfa Romeo, like the they're much more compa- comparable to Alfa Romeo than they are to Haas now. So good weekend from Williams and good weekend from Nicholas Latifi. And I think he deserves another year in Formula One. If I'm perfectly honest, I think he's done everything he needed to do to say, look, it's more it's more hassle getting somebody you don't know in. And get there than getting like than just keeping me on. So next year will be it'll be good for him next year because yeah we do well some of us think George Russell's a bit special so it's it's hard to gauge Latifi if Russell is doing magic in that car because if he is doing magic then that means Latifi's doing a good job as well. Be interested to see what happens when him and Albon are next to each other. Give us a better gauge of where Nicholas is. Uh, Esteban Ocon started the points uh, giving in 10th. Uh, that was a weird way of saying it. 
Uh, ninth is George Russell. Quietly, great drive from George, sticking that car in ninth. Um, he was, it was like usually when George Russell's doing something like that, we, we notice it more. But because there was such craziness going on at the front of the grid, he kind of just had this like quietly brilliant drive in a Williams where he spent most of his time battling Fernando Alonso in a much superior car so yeah it was a good weekend for George decent weekend for Fernando Alonso as well in eighth kind of a pretty much where you'd expect the, that car to be I don't think I, I don't think him and Ocon could have done much more to be honest I mean obviously Ocon would have pr- probably preferred to be a, a sniff ahead of uh, George Russell but this is where we are. Uh, Lance Stroll, seventh. Not a great weekend for Lance, but at least he picks up some points. Um, Carlos Sainz in sixth. Uh, Sergio Perez, fifth. And again, I can't help but think Perez is still not doing enough to to justify being in that car. He wasn't. He wasn't really useful this weekend. And it was uh, when you, with Bottas having his engine penalty and stuff like that. It was one of those race weekends where they really could have used Sergio Perez up further. It's, he's one of those things there that if he'd have been, if, he, if he'd been more in play, um, they could have used him to make Hamilton pit early or something like that. And essentially what you're doing at that point is you're, because there must be thoughts in these teams that, like Lewis and Max can come together. So if you can use your second driver to kind of split them up a little bit, you know, it's just split them up so they're spending less time like fighting for corners on track. Uh, you could argue that if Sergio had been more in play, then it would he would have been used on Lewis and then the, the accident between Max and Lewis wouldn't have happened. Um, Charles Leclerc, good race from Charles, finished fourth. He's uh, he's still leading the way, isn't he? You know, Carlos had a big crash in free practice, I think it was, before, was it free practice before the sprint? Um, yeah, it's hard to judge. Carlos really did look like he had, he had this all under control for a while, but it just seems to be... It seems to be getting away from him, not to the point where, like, where it's crisis time, but he, I think, he is getting himself in a situation where if he, if he doesn't get on top of things soon, and by on top of things, I mean getting in up there and in front of Charles Leclerc a little bit more, he might see himself naturally falling into uh, like a bit of a spiral, which leaves the door wide open for Leclerc just to do what Leclerc's been doing. Uh, Valtteri Bottas last to third. Fucking good drive from Bottas. Strange towards the end when he got where when he got through the Ferrari, he just didn't seem to um, he didn't seem to have the pace behind Sergio Perez to get past him. Obviously, Perez was back down in fifth because of a five second penalty, um, and it was really weird because he seemed to have all of the speed until it mattered. Until he got to the he got to the point where. He could, we he looked like he was going to win this race. You know, as a as a McLaren fan, I was a little bit worried for a split second that he was just going to just pick both the McLarens off one at a time. Um, I believe there was something wrong with Lewis's car. To be honest, looking at how well Bottas did, because Bottas was no slouch on the straights, but um, Lewis didn't seem to have the straight line speed to actually make any moves on people. So I wonder whether there's some some sort of concern with that power unit and it's been dialed back a little bit just to make sure 
they made the end of the race. They didn't need to worry about that, though, did they? Um, and now we move on to the McLarens. Um, you know, if just if you're like me, a fan of McLaren, um, a fan of Ricardo and Norris, to be perfectly honest, I know I've bagged on Ricardo, but you know, it's it's never been from a from a pay place of malice. It's always been from a yeah, you know, I want. I wanted him to do better. You know, I wanted him to do better for the team and I didn't want him to get into that situation where McLaren started doubting him. Um, I do think that might have happened if if he hadn't have come back after the summer break and really started to make moves forward. Um, we seem to be doing them together. Dan Ricardo drove a great race. You know, great start, got into the got into the lead. I actually think Lando had the best start of any of them, but he was just when you watch the replay, he was just boxed in and there was just nowhere for him to go. I wonder I would have loved to have seen what pace Lando had uh, to Daniel Ricardo. Uh, after he radioed in saying, Look, is it better for the team for me just to stay here? Um I I I think because if you notice he'd like drop back to over two seconds at one point, and then when Ricardo put his foot down and created some more space, Lando pulled in like about eight tenths. I think it was like one and a half, one uh, one point four behind Ricardo. So I don't know whether he kind of did that to sort of as a little thing to himself, going, "Look, I just want you guys back in the garage to know I had the pace to have a go at Ricardo." And that's we. But I don't know. I don't know if that's where it is. And I really, I don't know if he did have the pace to have a go at Ricardo. But I would have liked to have seen. He did have slightly younger tires as well. But Lando's day will come. He knows that his his day is going to come. It's just unfortunate for him. I, I've been saying all year. Sooner or later, um, Hamilton and Max are going to take each other out. And I, I thought Lando would be the one that would reap the, revol- the rewards of this. But unfortunately for Lando, on that day in history, Ricardo got it together, didn't he? But uh, a great result for McLaren. Um, I think now if this is going to be the beginning of a Daniel Ricardo comeback, they should comfortably beat Ferrari in the constructors by the end of the year. Because, I mean, let's face it, Ricardo's hemorrhage points for them up until this point, um, which I, I think actually getting the race win. First race win since 2018. I think it was 2018 Brazil with Jensen Button winning a race, isn't it? McLaren not winning a race for so long seems so strange. And then getting a, and then getting a 1-2 as a reward. But yeah, uh, I couldn't... I mean, I, I actually had money on both Lando and Ricardo to win this race. And I won slightly more than I would have done if Lando would have won it. But... Um, it would have still been lovely to have seen Lando win his first Grand Prix, wouldn't it? Hopefully, hopefully there's still opportunities for that to happen through the rest of the year. Um, let's move on to your talking points. But before we do talking points, you're going to have to listen to some adverts, you chumps. There we go. I hope that wasn't too fucking horrid for you. But daddy's got to pay the bills. Um, let me have a look on Twitter first because you guys have fucking hit hit it up with the questions this weekend. Uh, so let's look at what we have. Um, is your name Crank K R A I G? 
Krang. I thought for a split second I, I read Krang in my head. I know it's not Krang, but then that that makes me think of the turtles. So that impronounceable uh, word beginning with K R Harmet. Thank you for sending me this in. Um, so are we to believe that the stewards would have given Lewis a three place grid penalty had he also crashed out at Silverstone? Uh, also, can't wait to see uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Daniel Ricciardo driving Dale Earnhardt's car. Yeah, you get to is it a NASCAR? Uh, no, you get a NASCAR drive for it now uh, for, because he got a podium. Um, yeah, no, that'd be really cool. I don't know. I mean, I can't help think, and this is the this is the wrong way to steward. If this is the if this is the way they're doing it, if. Max and Lewis hit each other, yeah? Max doesn't go on top of Lewis's car. I don't think Max gets a penalty. I think it's the severity of... and the the optics of what happened is why they've come down strong on it. And I don't believe that's how we should be awarding penalties. Um, Like I say, if anyone was to blame, I think Lewis was slightly to blame because he could have given him more room. That's the thing. Max had two wheels down the inside of him that's enough that that deserves space if your front axles are ahead of uh the back axle of the car the car you're trying to overtake if you can get your wheels there you at least have space because you can't just turn in if someone's got the wheels there you can't turn in because uh, like it, it doesn't matter even if you've even if you believe that they haven't they're not alongside you enough to, to for you to like give them the respect of room then you have to think, well, you know, they can't disappear. Like, Verstappen was never just going to turn into a, like a cloud of orange smoke and appear behind him or beside him. It was it was going to be an accident. I, I, I think the thing is, I think they both knew that as well. I don't think they went out to crash, but I think they knew that for either of them, it was better for both of them to crash than one of them to crash. But... Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure, and I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to say Lewis Hamilton wouldn't have got a three place grid penalty, but I kind of get what you aim at. Um, but what I do think is, is that if one car doesn't go on top of the other car, I don't think there's a penalty. Uh, what is it with you people and the fucking names? C's fuck me. C E E E S D U B Y A. No fucking idea. In in fucking comprehensible to human tongue. That why are you doing this to me? I I, I feel like I I feel I've got like the weirdest named like social media followers in the fucking world. I struggle with names. Anyway, it's my thing. I do, like, my dyslexia hits in two places. I struggle reading names and I I struggle spelling numbers. I have to do one of these for the podcast and it's not fair. Uh, Number one, the sprint race uh, weekends would be better if it was one-shot quali. Not sure why. I hated one-shot quali. Everyone hated one-shot quali. Um, I like quality on Fridays. Got to say, like I know people are, some people are complaining uh, because you know, well, uh, I have uh, I have to work and I'm not home. And uh, yeah, yeah, some people work weekends, motherfucker. Some people work on Sundays and they can't watch the race till later on. So, what are you gonna do? Um, 
Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like having like quality quality at five five thirty on Friday. I think it's quite exciting. Uh, it gives it gives the Friday some more urgency. It makes pre practice one seem more important. Uh, if it was me, if it was down to me, I'd now get rid of free practice two. I just get rid of free practice two. Have the feature race on Saturday. Absolute by Bonza, great. Uh, number two, a great Spanish uh, philo- uh, philosopher once said, "You've got to love the, the. You've got to love." I don't know what you're trying to say, Albert. Oh no! So I did fuck. That's a different. It's a different question. Jesus Christly. Sorry, someone else has numbered the questions in exactly the same way. Uh, sorry, this is the last guy. Uh, I wish Max and Ham had taken uh, each other. Uh, hadn't take. I, I wish Max and Ham would take each other out in the sprint race so we could watch them battle back through the pack. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd enjoy that. Uh, I'm surprised that didn't ha- that hasn't happened. Uh, three pre and past uh, race F1 shows were like watching a car crash in slow motion. I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. Um, number four, Daniel uh, Daniel Ricardo's back. Yes, I think. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait for the next race. Yeah, he's had a decent couple of races since coming back for some break. Uh, he's been more on form of like on par with Lando it will be interesting to see where he is come Russia Albert I started reading your yours before and I didn't mean to and I'm going to skip the middle because I don't know what you're fucking on about um Monza is just Monaco uh on full throttle processionally wise no not really I mean there was overtakes you know there was some yeah like there, there was it was possible to overtake. You know, we 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 saw. It. To me, I almost think maybe maybe overtaking should be slightly easier in Monza than it is. But it's good because the overtakes are generally difficult, and I'd, I'm not I'm not really interested. I'm not really interested in how many overtakes from a race, as long as the person that's like, if there's someone fast enough to make an overtake, they should be at least able to try it. And I think they were able to try it. Um, Monza, yeah, Monza's not a great circuit for overtaking, but it was—it's not. It wasn't bad. It was—it wasn't a bad race. So I mean, like Monaco is con- consistently a bad race. So I—I—I I, I, I thought Monza was fine this weekend, personally. Um, Keep the sprint race with a one lap shootout for qual. Someone else thinks that with a one lap shootout for qualifying. Uh, I don't. I don't get the that. That's really weird. That two two of you have come up with the one lap qualifying thing. Um, I, I I don't. I don't get. I don't get why we. I don't get why that would be better. I don't. Why would we? I don't. Get, I mean, I I think the only reason you're just jumping on one lap qualifying is because Monza is a little bit of a shit tip when it comes to quali. But I mean, it's fine. It worked itself out, you know. It's uh, if anything, it's like, that that little bit of like fucking hell. Is he going to get a lap in? Like it's it's that little bit of desperation makes for an interesting qualifying session. So um, I don't really mind it. Uh, Sean, 
Was Max still angry after the botched pit stop? And that's uh, why he didn't back out of the corner before crashing into Lewis. I think there's every possibility that he was still angry. Uh, yeah, uh, should we, uh, and also should we uh, should we have those sausage curbs launch, Max? Um, we've seen sausage curbs cause accidents here and there, haven't we? Through, through ever since they were sort of introduced. Remember when they were first introduced? The the drivers were talking about the uh, sausage curbs launching cars. Um, you've got to think that if that sausage curb hadn't been there, Max would have been able to take to the inside. He might have had to give the place back for leaving the track and gaining a lasting advantage, but um, they wouldn't have had a crash. So I don't expect to see sausage curbs next year on that particular corner. Uh, I put ten pound on the wrong McLaren driver. Uh, this is from Nuclear Fabrications. Uh, Max has the talent and the car to win the championship. He just needs to find the patience button. I don't know what uh, happened to Vettel. Did he get damaged, or or did, or did he just mail it in? Yeah, I think he got, I think Vettel got damaged. Uh, sorry about putting the wrong money on the wrong wrong driver. Always, if you think one one person can win, if you're going to put like a fiver or a tenner on one McLaren driver, do it on two. Um, as for Max needing to find the patience button, I don't. I'm not really. No, I don't. I, um. Again, I don't. I don't necessarily think that was a hundred percent his fault. It's not like he took Lewis out. So yeah, uh, I think he's fine. You know, he's leading the world championship. I think he's going to win the world championship. I. I don't. I don't think Mercedes has an, has enough races that it's going to have an advantage over um, Red Bull. And right now, I think Max Verstappen looks like the stronger driver. Uh, he does. He's one thing he you have to agree with. He's not afraid of Lewis Hamilton. He's not afraid of him at all. Like lots of people wouldn't have tried that move on Lewis, knowing that it, it could come to a sticky end. But Max doesn't care. He's not. He doesn't respect Lewis in the same way that maybe some of the others do. And I mean that as a compliment because uh, we saw it too much with Michael Schumacher in my eyes that when someone would come up to Michael Schumacher, they would just either not try and not overtake him or they'd just jump out of his way if he was coming through. So, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it at all. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think Max is going to win the World Championship. Uh, Dan Peters, if Max and Lewis didn't crash, does Ricardo and Lando still finish 1-2? I think McLaren had that covered, you know. Neither Red Bull nor, nor Mercedes could actually do anything about them. And then when they had to a little bit later on, McLaren had a, a little tiny bit of pace left in the bag, it seemed. Uh, when Max and Lewis emerged together out of the pits behind Lando and Ricardo. I think it's fine. I think I think they could have had. I think they could have covered them there from from that point on because Max and Lewis would have constantly lost time battling with each other. So if anything, I think if they hadn't crashed, it would have probably been a safer race for McLaren. They'd have they'd have probably just disappeared off to like to the tune of like five ten seconds uh, while Lewis and Max fought each other. Uh Lomo Man 36, why are F1 fans turning into football fans? They don't look at anything objectively. They're, they're so balls deep, balls deep in Max Verstappen or Lewis. 
Um, I agree. I don't know. Um, it seems to be that this way with everything these days, doesn't it? Like the the it it's I, may, I think social media is a big pro- problem with it. But I, I I really do try when I when I engage with people on social media, I try and be level with things and like not non-combative because there's that seems to be everyone's every, every everyone's default state now seems to be anger or upset about something. I think this is the problem why we have like this thing about the sprint race because people don't or not everybody and I must say that. The hot lap listeners and three legs four wheels listeners do tend to be pretty fucking level headed. There's a few fanboys out there. I know. I see yous. But um, as a majority, I think it's a pretty good group of people to talk to about Formula One. Why? Why we've got here? Um, I'm not sure. I think. There's there's various reasons, but social media is a is a big thing because you can't you can't go on and talk about something like that on Twitter, especially when it's when you've got to try and get a point across, but you've got to keep it to what two hundred characters or something like that. It's just very difficult. So it's easier just for people to come out of the blocks offended and angry. It's what that is one of the things with the sprint race. Um, I, I I think too many people don't know what to think make of the sprint race, so. The default for lots of people is, oh, if I don't understand it, I fucking hate it. I think that's just like a like a coping mechanism, maybe with fucking issues. It's it's very strange. I don't like it. Um, and the, the the amount of times actually that somebody's like messaged me or tagged me in something again. If you're a regular listener or like contributor if you want and we we talk online or I've I engage with you this is not directed at anybody in particular but I have definitely had people message me or t- say something in a conversation that I've already been tagged in and I've half written a message out and then gone I I don't don't have the energy to get involved in a shouting match about fucking sports with somebody you know uh, I, I think just given what's gone on in the world over the last 18 months, it's got a lot of people down. And I think maybe in the same way as it, it, the reason people shout at each other in cars and like why road rage is a thing. Uh, road rage is a thing is because when you, you, you don't think about it, because especially if you're like me and really enjoys driving, but the fact that you're driving something around at a vast rate of knots and essentially a, any bad choice you make while you're driving your your road vehicle could land you in hospital or worse, or, or land somebody else in hospital or worse. So your anxiety levels are already right up there. You're, you're already in, like, fight or flight. So when something goes wrong, you fucking fire back immediately without really thinking about it. I can't help think that's what's happened with the world now because of the situations we've been in, that... Everybody is kind of ready for that sort of fight or flight mechanism and it just ends up in everybody arguing about fucking everything. But but I'm not going to pretend this is a new thing because clearly it's been like this now for a good four years. But I don't think that the last 
year and a half has helped any of that. Uh, and I think it spews into everything. I think it spews into news, politics, and unfortunately, Formula One. Uh, Martin, fantastic race. Yes, it was. Uh, as much as I thought the sprint race was dull, it set up a mega race on Sunday. Yes, it did. Um, just needs tweaking. Yeah, I think it could do. I, I definitely think there's some there's some things you could do with qualifying to make it better. Oh, sorry, with the sprint race. I'm not sure I'm 100% into it not doing the grid for Sunday. I know lots of people said that. I think that's probably the way it's going to go. Uh, but I quite like the um, extra... Um, like the, the, I, I like that extra element that it throws into a Formula 1 race by like setting the grid up differently. I think maybe if they're going to do that, they should copy the old F2 rules uh, and quality on Friday should give you the grid for Sunday's race, but it should also give you the reverse grid pole for Saturday's race. So if you get pole on Friday, you get your, you get your pole position for Sunday, but on the flip side of that, by getting, by getting pulled for Sunday, you should have to start from tenth in the uh, feature race in like that rever- the reverse grid pull from like re- reverse grid from tenth backwards. So we st- so we jumble up the quick cars essentially and not necessarily throw them behind the like the the really slow cars. I think that would re- that would work really well. See, I don't mind. I mean, people say, "Oh, it's gimmick." I don't like gimmicks in Formula One. You know it. There's loads of gimmicks in everything, you know. Uh, I mean, even the, even qualifying, qualifying in itself, you could look at as a gimmick, because if if you were to if let's just pretend that qualifying isn't a thing, um, and you would say, oh, well, if qualifying isn't a thing, you should probably set the cars up in championship order. So you know, it's qualifying is there to make the weekend slightly more interesting. I think a sprint race also makes it slightly more interesting. And I think a reverse grid would make the sprint race slightly more interesting. So it's all going to be down to next year. I think this is this is what people need to remember as well. We've got such a huge rule change coming next year. Like I've seen rule changes over the years. Um, and I still say that when you look at the, the cars that were going around 1997 to the cars that are going around now, the, there are clear evolution of what's happened. There's not been these huge shakeups, and this is a huge shakeup. You know, I, I I can't wait. And we, but we've got to reserve like any sort of we've got to reserve any real criticism until we see next year. Because realistically, this the sprint races this year are a beta test for next year. So, yeah, just. Let's wait until hopefully Australia next year, uh, because I'm I'm really missing Formula One going to Australia. I, I like I know you guys have still got some pretty fucking harshy lockdowns and stuff over there, and I hope you sort that out very quickly. You and New Zealand, the, the uh, down that neck of the woods, you seem to be uh, in the harshest, harshest of restrictions. Um, it's quite strange, actually. I don't really talk about this sort of stuff on my Formula One podcast, but being in a, in a place which has had no no real restrictions, nothing mandated, only advisory, and very easy lockdowns, and also 
the highest infection rate in the world for a short short period of time. Um, and the it's it, it depending on where you are. This whole thing seems to seems to be like looked at very differently, doesn't it? So I hope uh, I hope you guys down there get shit together and we can have Formula One races and the Ashes because I've got friends that like cr- cricket. Uh, yeah, I hope we can have all that stuff fucking very soon. Um, oh, Martin's also put down a uh, what, how he thinks the race we're going to be tweaked. Uh, practice one. So I take this as Friday. Practice one, quality. Practice two. Oh, okay. So you do practice one. You have quality, like normal quality, to set the grid up for Sunday's race. Then practice tr- two sets up the re- the set up for reverse grid and half points. So yeah, we're kind of on the same page, I think. Sorry, I I hadn't read I hadn't read that before. I put my my thoughts about what we should do forward. Um, yeah, I think me and Martin are pretty much on the same page there as what we think should be going on with uh, reverse with with the sprint race. I love it. I love having an extra race every weekend. So you've, you're going to get very little criticism from me. I am. I've I've been campaigning for sprint races in Formula One since 2014. Like since the first, uh, the first three legs, four wheels podcast. I have been an advocate for um, sprint races on Saturday and three car Formula One teams. I've I've got one of those. I still think we should have three. I still think every team should have three cars on the grid. Uh, what do we have here? Kev K- uh, Clegg. I thought I was going to say Kev Cage there. I was like, fuck, that's a name. Uh, why the slow pit stops from Red Bull and Mercedes? Didn't see any obvious issues. It was just human error. That's the thing. Uh, I don't... It's just... I mean, they wouldn't do it on purpose. It's just it's just human error. Uh, John and Millsy, Max needs to learn to yield again. I think Lewis should have left him room. Um, John and Millsy, McLaren is uh, now the house that Zach Brown rebuilt. Yes, it is, and I think we can't give as if uh, any of McLaren fans out there. Um, McLaren have all, always been special to me because, uh, like Williams was the first sort of special team. Uh, because he, I, I watched. I'm saying because an awful lot. I'm really sorry. Uh, Hill in the Williams was pretty special for me, but then after that, I remember. I can't. I can't remember the year. I can't remember the year at all. Would it have been 1997? I think it would have been where the Mercedes, uh, McLaren Mercedes just came out, and it was just bullet and then there was all this talk about them having like an extra pedal like a second brake pedal and well it was all like juicy fucking real because like uh, i i'd been watching formula one on and off for a little bit but like 1996 was the first like i was in i knew all the drivers i knew the teams i i was starting to understand the technical side of it and the strategies a little bit better um i knew the helmets of all the drivers i, I used to sit and learn learn which drivers were which even the fucking arrows drivers uh or footwork would have been footwork then can't remember anyway the um yeah but but 
yeah, when McLaren came out, and I was I, I liked that he was cool thought as well. I wanted him to do well because he's British, but you know it was it wasn't to be. But there was just something striking about McLaren back then when it was silver and black, and ah, oh, it was it was just it was cool. And um, McLaren stayed cool. I, I was also I was a big fan of Ron Dennis through there. I liked this like steely, um, like grumpy but like arrogantly grumpy man, which just he only knew how to win, and he was a perfectionist. And I I really I, I really liked that. I think it maybe it's because the it's you can sometimes you admire people that you see yourself that you see yourself in or you or you would like to uh, then other other people you sort of gravitate towards you do it because they are the absolute opposite of you and that's what Ron Dennis was he's he's driven he's intelligent he's um uh he's a perfectionist i am none of these things and I think that's why, like that, that that that's why I respected Ron so so much. Maybe it's a shame. I think when he when he left, he probably shouldn't have come back and meddled in McLaren. He probably made the recovery take slightly longer. Um, but yeah, I think Zach Brown has um, has really really fixed that team. I wonder, you know, I I don't think it would have been in such a happy place for Lando or Daniel Ricciardo. I don't think they would have fitted maybe in the old McLaren style. Um, but the whole thing, like the whole, that whole shakeup of a less, uh, less militant team, having a couple of drivers in there that's had a bit of personality about them or more personality about them. Um, the, the, like there's even, even down to like the splash of color the team has now. It's, it just feels like the, it feels to me like the freshest team on the grid. You know, the, if there's a team that's like upwardly mobile, it feels like McLaren right now. When you when you look at where they've come from to where they are in a short space of time, and I absolutely, I, I know they keep saying things like, "Oh, it's going to be like 2024 before we can fight for championships." I think, like they've been doing for the last couple of years, McLaren have been really good at playing themselves down when they're coming back. And it would not surprise me next year if McLaren were right at the front of Formula One. I think we'd all like to see that. I think most of us, even, I, I can't see anybody that doesn't like Ricardo or uh, Lando. It's like in the same way as I don't dislike Lewis or Max Verstappen. I'm fairly neutral about them. But if you're, if, I think both of those guys, are, even if you're a like a militant Max fan, you can't be unhappy that McLaren got a one-two with the two people that were driving the car, surely. Uh, but yeah, well done. Well done, Zach Brown. Well done. And uh, what's his name? Seidel. I, I think he's... Don't underplay the difference that guy's made to the day-to-day running of the team. I think it was uh, Martin Brundle said on the coverage, didn't he, that all the tools were there and all the brain power was there. It just needed pointing in the right direction. Uh, watching Michael, how many people are going to overrate Daniel Ricciardo based on this performance? Clearly, he's not a Ricciardo apostate. Um, I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to overrate Ricciardo because surely he was still he was quite a highly rated driver anyway. Uh, he's just had a bad half of year, and I'm glad he's getting around his problems. You know, it's 
there's been a lot of people saying that maybe there's something fundamentally wrong with that car, which he just can't get on with. Something's gone. You know, something's been very strange to make a guy that was, like, that essentially beat Vettel into leaving Red Bull. Uh, Something's gone on to make that guy go backwards. So, I don't know. I mean, we will only see. It's like Ocon, isn't it? Ocon won a race. And where is he now? Uh, one race does not fix a driver or change them, but it is a, if you're already a good driver and you just need that pushing confidence. Um, I do. I think I. I. I we'll see. We'll see in Russia. I feel. I feel Ricardo will do quite well in Russia because of the nature of the circuit. But I do wonder whether once we get back to the more technical circuits. Uh, whether Lando is going to have a real edge on him again because it's it seems to be in the breaking that Daniel Ricciardo doesn't have the faith in that McLaren um, and you don't do a huge amount of breaking at um, Monza. But uh, we'll have to see. I, I think this is going to be... I, I, I think Lando is still going to have the edge on him over the course of the season as a whole, but I expect to see Ricciardo much closer, especially in races. Um, Valhalla's champion uh, Halo saved Lewis's life that, and, and it was a racing incident I think we've all, I've said it enough times now that I think it was a racing incident I think it very well could have saved his life um, I said on Twitter didn't I that, if, that Hamilton would be dead if it wasn't for the Halo it was a nasty crash I mean without the Halo it's a, you know, you could have quite easily seen that whole car in the in the cockpit of Lewis Hamilton. So, uh, I don't see the halo anymore. Really, I don't. It do, it doesn't it doesn't bother me in the slightest. So, I'm I'm glad it's there to keep the guys safe. Motor racing is clearly still fucking dangerous. I would like again. I don't. I wouldn't want to see it become safer than what it is. I think that might start to track them from away from some of these guys just being fucking heroes. But, you know, all in all, when you see a tyre that close to somebody's head, it's not comfortable, is it? So, yeah, it did its job. Uh, Atomic Fabrications getting in on two platforms, you greedy motherfucker. Um, another top 10 for George. This season makes me uh, wish they'd uh, push back the rule changes another year. This is the best season Formula One for a long time. Imagine what uh, what next year would be with McLaren slowly creeping to the sharp end. I I actually think that the real changes are coming at the right time because it. I I don't think if if you if you, they just carried these rules on over to next year again, I think the teams would have be would would get around them more, and you'd see it ste- you'd see it settle. And maybe one team finding the advantage over another team a little bit more. Um, I, th- I I really do. I, th- I think it's the right time. Formula One feels like it needs to hit a refresh button. Um, and I think two good things are going to happen for that. I, uh, I'm going to upset a lot of people here. But I think one of the good things is going to be going into next year with a fresh world champion. Which is what I think will happen. I think when Max wins the world championship. Uh, and it's but you've got all these young guys as well, and to hit a reset and have like a, essentially a new formula where everyone starts from zero will really allow these new guys and older guys to sort of filter in and settle down. 
Uh, I think it's a great time for people like uh, uh, Alban to be to come back into Formula One, try and rescue his career. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for George Russell coming into Mercedes, where it's it's essentially going to be a new car. You know that you can't build a car around one person when you don't really know what the what that person's going to want from this new formula. So they're both going to kind of go in with the same sort of machinery. Um, yeah, it feels to me feels like the right time for a for a re, for a restart. And like I say, I'm pretty sure McLaren are going to be at the shop end next year anyway. Uh, another one from Atomic Fabrications. Can't help feel sorry for Bottas too. Guy makes it into, uh, onto the podium from last place. And the first thing I thought was Lewis probably wouldn't uh, where Lewis probably would have won that race. That's got to get old, uh, getting compared to one of the best. I hope he finds a good home at Alpha. Do you think he'll do better than Kimmy? I think he'll do better than Kimmy. Uh, if he see, I, he did do a good race, but also I think he blew a win because he had such great pace running up, and then as soon as he got to the back of Perez, he just sort of stalled out. Um, I yeah I, I I don't know I think I think he spent two years too long in a Mercedes I think he he definitely shouldn't have been in this car that car this year that should have been George Russell this year um and yeah I I don't know it'll be interesting to see what what he does personally I think what you'll find from from Valtteri Bottas is he will run towards me, mediocrity and take it in both arms and essentially do the same sort of job as Barrichello did when he was in Williams. That's Or Massa even when he was in Williams. That's what I think he'll do. Not a lot. And give it, give it two years or a year and we'll be saying, bit of a waste of a seat that. I think it's a waste of a seat. Should, should be a younger guy in it. That's what I think is going to happen. Oh, just side note, next year... Formula One teams forced to run a younger young driver in Friday, free practice one. Great choice. Really, really looking forward to see that. Um, going to keep the like the race drivers on their toes as well, giving these giving the young lads some some mileage. Uh, where's our next one? Uh, Stevie G. I feel myself slowly becoming a Latifi fan. I mean, I I would hope to think there's a cream for that. But no, in all um, in all fairness, he's he's done a good job. He's done, like I say, he's done a good job, and he's he's shown he he deserves to be in Formula One. So good for good for Latif Teeth. Uh, Ryan Carty, which teams do you think have switched prior to twenty twenty two, and how will it affect the outcome of the year? I think they're probably all switched now. I don't think there'll be much development going on in these cars until, uh, like, for the rest of the season. I don't think you'll see any big aero upgrades or anything. Um, I think they've got to now. You know, you can't... Look at the, the 2008 is a perfect example of two teams when you had Ferrari and you had McLaren locked in that championship battle all the way and it fucked those teams i mean realistically you could argue ferrari never fully recovered 
Um, and obviously McLaren haven't won a world championship since. You know, they've they won a few races, but they they were never they were never in contention like they were in two thousand and eight. So yeah, like the you can you can really fuck yourself up, can't you? You know, it's it, it can take if you if you if you get this bit wrong, especially going into a new a new like um, a new formula. Uh, if you fuck it up, it can it can hamper you for years, if not the entirety of that. Look at Renault. Look at Renault with the hybrid engines. Um, Renault before the hype before the hybrid era kicked in in the back of a Red Bull could do no wrong you know they never had the the fastest engine but that in a Red Bull was a rocket ship and you know it's uh it I, I just don't I don't think any team can afford to do that this time um you know it, it has to be looked at as a reset for the teams and they have to be ready to do it so is Lewis's championship more important to Mercedes than the next five years? I don't think it is. Same goes for Max. Uh, I would imagine that if any team is going to take more of a chance, it's Red Bull because they know they have they haven't had this opportunity for a long time. Mercedes will probably have it again next year. Uh, Samuel Hyde, Verstappen let Ricardo win. Uh, and took Hamilton out on purpose. If you mean that, genuinely that's stupid. Uh, Verstappen wouldn't let anybody win. Absolutely not. He's a winning machine, uh, and he definitely didn't take Hamilton out on purpose. If, like I say, at best a racing incident, at worst slightly Lewis's fault, slightly Lewis Hamilton's fault. Uh, Ricardo just had a good stop and did Verstappen on the... Uh, on the start, he tried. Like Verstappen was trying to get by Ricardo. McLaren had just enough pace to cover them off this weekend. Like the 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 car was, it was a good car they had. And we've been saying all year, haven't we? We said that at some point this year, McLaren could win a race on pace, and they won a race this weekend on pace. Uh, oh, BJJAL, not even trying to say it. Um, Haley, super happy for Ricardo, as am I. Uh, I think the point. Uh, I think the point hemorrhaging is over. I hope so. Lando was driver of the day for me. Great overtake at the restart. Great job defending against Hamilton. Potentially asking McLaren if they could switch positions made me smile. He showed. He showed he's still young. We knew Verstappen and Hamilton would eventually collide. And, and take each other out. Solid race in my book. Great, uh, great podcast, man. Keep it up. Thank you very much, mate. And I'm, I'm going to try and pronounce your name now because you were so nice. Baj, Baj, Bal, Plus. No, fuck on. You have to spell it. Message me and say it and write it phonetically, and then I'll know. Um, yeah, I, I do think. See, I don't know whether this is just my Lando fanboyism creeping in or not. But I do think that Lando had a little bit more pace about him. I think he probably could have had a go at Ricardo, but because the cars are so like evenly matched and the drivers are quite evenly matched on a good day as well, I I think it would have ended in tears. And like that's what for me when Lando radioed in and said, "Is it better for the team if I stay here?" That was such a good message, and 
I don't th- that that wasn't him submitting. Like, don't think that was like uh, Lando bowing down to Daniel Ricardo. That was a team leader knowing that today it was better for him just to take discretion as the greater part of Vela. So yeah, I uh, I I think it's great. That's all. Yeah, I've I've just. I, I want Lando to win a race so much. I really want him to win a race, but it's going to come, isn't it? It's going to come. Uh, and I think uh, Hamilton and Verstappen are definitely taking each other out at some point this year. Uh, Ankit Dandu. Uh, Mazepin is utter shite. Yes, he is. Uh, he spun Mick off, got overtaken uh, by him 15 laps or so. Uh, total waste of a seat. Willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he get uh, he's getting demolished on track by Mick every. See, I don't think he's getting demolished on track every week. I, in fact, I think Mick wasn't so fucking clean this weekend either, was he? Um, I just don't think either of them are very good. You know, I think Mick Schumacher's got a very fortunate name. Without that name, I don't think he'd be in Formula One. I think uh, Mazepin has a very fortunate bank balance, and without that, he wouldn't be in Formula One either. I mean, out of the millionaire Playboy drivers, like you've got to say Lance Stroll and Latifi look much better than Mazepin. But again, we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see for if next week's car's any good. I mean, realistically, looking at Mazepin in F2, I would have had Mazepin better than Lance and... Um, what's his name? Latifi. Yeah, I'd have had him... I'd have, I'd have had him much better than both of them, but it's just not working out for him. So we'll see. But again, maybe it's the car. Maybe Schumacher is the second coming of his father, and maybe Mazepin is center in waiting. But they don't. It, do, it doesn't seem to be working out for Haas at all. You know, they had a good ish car for like the first season they were in. Then when they had to start doing more and more stuff of their own, they fell backwards. They have had quick drivers in the past. I know um, Roman Grosjean was a bit crashy, but him and K-Mag were both decent, fast drivers. Um, But it just seems that Haas is like permanently this volatile entity in Formula One that see it always feels a bit directionless. Maybe we all love Gunther Steiner, and I defended Gunther Steiner on the three, three legs, four wheels. But now thinking about it, you know, maybe the book does stop with him. Maybe this is a strong pair of hands, a stronger pair of hands. Uh, maybe that would fix some of the problems. I don't know. But I have just chipped over the hour mark, which is a long hot lap podcast, isn't it? Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed doing this. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the race. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you can help the podcast out financially and help me run run this thing, then please go to Lee Stevens Content Creator on Patreon. Uh, if you can't do uh, help out that way, or you can do and you just want to help out another way at the same time, then please share this podcast and give me a glowing review on whatever platform you're on. 
Thank you very much. I will be back next week where we will talk about whatever has happened over the current week and what's going to happen the week after when we head to Russia. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.